Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. All right, ladies, I have another great iTunes review of the week. This one is brought to you by Mojo on the Island. And it reads, I am almost 60 years old and have spent probably 50 years worrying about my weight. I just listened to one of Kim's podcasts and loved her advice and outlook. I wish I could have heard this years ago, but looking forward to listening to more and changing my attitude. Oh, Moy on the island, this is exactly why I do this podcast, because so many of us have been wrapped around the axle about diet and exercise for decades, and we are done. We are sick of it, and I am so grateful that you are able to find me, and I am grateful that I'm able to help you shift your mindset around what diet and exercise looks like for the the next best half of your life. So if you have listened to this podcast and you love what you are hearing, please do the same thing. Leave me a a review. I absolutely love hearing them. I love reading them. And it just gives me that pat on the back that I am giving you what you need to hear. Now, if you're stuck with like, I don't know how to do this, I don't listen to iTunes, do me a favor, hit me up. I will definitely help you walk you through how you how to leave that review. So you can find me on Instagram at uh, Kim Jefferson Coach, or you can shoot me an email. Hello at Kim Jefferson.com. All right. Now on to today's episode. Hey, Magic Makers. I wanted to... I've talked about this topic before, but I feel like it needs to come back up again, just based on some of the conversations that I have been having with um, on the social medias and also as well as clients where, you know, it's really challenging to figure out where do I spend my attention when it comes to health and fitness. And, you know, as most of my listeners here, we're ladies over 40 and we have been on the cutting line, the bleeding edge of diet culture. You know, we grew up with, you know, what diet are you following? Low carb, no carb, no fat, blah, blah, blah. So, and all of this stuff. And so it's really easy why it's so confusing. And so this, this podcast, I really want to sit, sit down. And I want to say, here are the six things that if we focus on them, then we have a great shot of living a healthy life. And you know, for many of us, you know, clients that I work with, we fall into to th- three buckets, right? So I have clients who clearly want to lose weight, okay? I have clients who want to maintain what they got. And then I have clients who are just trying to find peace, right? Peace in their body that there's no longer, you know, clients who are, or like me, my, you know, former competitors where it's like, you are so regimented with how you went to the gym, how you worked out that it's like 
when you fall out of that regiment, you just are like floating in orbit. You don't know how to re-enter and feel like, you know, you always have to be on something. And so this is, you know, aimed at those three different people. So when I say weight loss, I mean all of it. Like, how do I just maintain what I got? How do I just find my freaking rhythm for the love of God? Um, so the, the biggest thing here is that I want you to really think about here are the six, I, I call them the, the, the six, the six focuses. And I want you, this is how I want us to, to think about it. So um, I can't remember where I learned this from, but it certainly was not me. So if we, I want you to, to picture a, a a glass cylinder, you know, just a picture of a glass cylinder, you know, it's kind of like a vase, right? So let's picture a, a glass vase. And so I want you to think about how you could, how we can fill this 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 glass vase with the least amount of water. Hey, magic makers, are you sick of feeling like you have to choose between having a fun summer and staying fit? Well, this summer, you do not have to compromise. I'm here to share five tips that will help you to finally start seeing lasting results. When you follow these five tips, you will avoid making common fitness mistakes this summer. Imagine enjoying yourself at a barbecue, beach days without strategically covering up, and seeing progress towards your fitness goals. Don't let this summer leave you feeling frustrated. This is the time to make the change and take control of your fitness journey. So if you are looking to up-level your summer, do me a favor, grab the five tips in the link in the show notes. Good luck and enjoy your summer. And I want us to think about water as effort, right? So many of us think that in order for us to get any of the goals that we want, we have to fill this whole entire vase with water, right? And then whatever, and then then put stuff in and that's going to, you know, give us our result. So, but instead, what if we said, what is the minimum amount of effort, the minimum amount of water that I could put in here? So what if I were able to find rocks that were big enough to fill 80% of the, the cylinder, right? And then I could fill in pebbles, then I can fill in sand, and then I can fill in water. And so if I were to put those rocks in first, those are the, the things that are going to give me the biggest bang for my buck. And so I want you to think about, you know, and tonight, today we're going to talk about what those big rocks are. And then we'll talk about the pebbles that are going to fill in on, on the other side. All right. But if I prioritize those big rocks first, I'm going to be ensuring that I'm focusing on the things that really matter and letting the small things fit in and around them, all right? So that's what I really want you to focus on because so many of us I see getting bogged down by the pebbles and by the sand that it leaves us little to no energy for the bigger rocks, okay? So that the two biggest rocks that I see for many women, sleep and stress management. I've done multiple podcasts on stress uh just one a last a, a few weeks ago and I, again i'll link that into um the show notes but sleep this is and and they go hand in hand right because if i'm like stressed out i can't sleep and if i sleep can't sleep i'm stressed out so it goes hand in hand but the biggest thing for many of us is that we just tell ourselves we're going to sleep we tell ourselves we're going to sleep when we're dead and, you know, sleep is so crucial for our overall health and well-being. It is what helps us maintain our healthy weight, 
our, our immune our immune system. This is really what is going to help us promote overall health and you know re- reduce any type of heart disease, diabetes. Like those are the reasons why I recommend sleep. Um, it's all about memory, and you know, as someone who um, has family members who have um, have experienced uh, Alzheimer's, um, dementia, you know, I, every year one of our biggest um, charitable donations that my husband and I make are to the is to the Alzheimer's Association. It is a staggering number of people who will be affected by Alzheimer's um, in the next ten years, and so. Sleep is one of those crucial things that as a woman, as any person, we need to make sure that we are doing our best to have sleep. And I know some of you are like, girl, I sleep is my thing. I, I get it, right? Sleep is for as simple as it is, is for many people that it's really hard. And so for a lot of people, I just say that we have to start to figure out how do we just make this a, a, a bedtime ritual. And I want you to think about like when, you know, for those of you who have kids, um, think about, you know, there was a little ritual that they had before they went to bed, either the way the stuffed animals had to be set up or, you know, there was, you had to go, there was tubby time. If there was something that like started the transition from sleep, uh, from, you know, being awake to being asleep. And as adults, we lose that, you know, so many times when I ask my clients who are struggling with sleep, I'm like, do you have like, you know, a, a bedtime? Nine times a ten. Well, when I pass out in front of the TV, that's my bedtime. I want you to be like, how do I have a bedtime? And you know, I started a bedtime because I wanted to work, wake, work out in the morning. And nine times out of ten, I'm in like by nine o'clock, my body is already starting to say, "Hey, girl, it's time for us to wrap up this evening." And I was resistant when you know it was first suggested to me. Um, shout out to Mikey D. I love you to pieces. Um, he was like, "Have a bedtime," and so. If I thought, if I think about what am I doing, you know, after I eat dinner and to the time I go to bed, I am not curing cancer, world peace. I'm not doing shit. So I just had to start saying, okay. And for those of you who are night owls, I get it. But like, you know, instead of just passing out in front of the TV or passing out whatever you're doing, just, you know, just kind of pay attention. When do you start to pass out? When do you find yourself dragging your booty to bed? And then just sit, literally set a timer on your phone and say, you know, say you're falling asleep around midnight. 11.30, set a, set a timer. Set an alarm for 11.30 p.m. And that alarm goes off. Get yourself up to bed. Brush your teeth. Wash your face. Change into your jammies. And head to bed. So that you're not just like, Whoa, oh, I just woke up and, you know, Johnny Carson, well, Johnny Carson's not on anymore, but, you know, the late night show is um, going off and I got to drag my booty to bed. Um, or you can just start to create something that, like, you look forward to at night. You know, um, since um, since COVID, I started reading fiction books again and I really look forward to it. So, you know, before I go to bed, um, I write down five things I'm grateful for for that day. I spend about 10, I try to read about 10 pages. And as I'm going to bed, I'm doing about five minutes of breath work and then lights out. And so that's what I want you to start to think about. It's like, how do I start to make it sleep a little bit better? I know that for those of you who are in um, your perimenopause or menopausal state, you know, you might be like, 
having hot flashes and things like that. And here's where I would have a conversation with my my doctor to see if he might prescribe me some progesterone. Progesterone has been a game changer for me getting myself to bed. Other things to get to bed, um, magnesium before bed, a nice calming, a nice calming um, supplement. Um, uh, tea. Um, I'm a huge tea drinker um, before bed. So just start to think of what are things I can do to start to unwind before bed. If I am someone who's suffering from hot flashes, I have a handheld fan that I keep um, keep by my bed. Um, I have tr- uh, dry fit pajamas so that, you know, if I do have a nighttime sweat, I'm not waking up and changing my uh, PJs. Uh, so that's what I got for sleep. The second piece is stress, right? You know, I know so many people have normalized stress. Like this is just how my life is. This is just what I can do. And and I feel that I, I feel that trust me, I am a recovering stress ball, but there's a staggering statistic about what stress leads into chronic disease, you know, and that I'm talking mental health, anxiety, depression, um, not, and then, you know, let's not even talk about, you know, heart disease, blood pressure, you know, so here it's like us managing our stress will help us to manage our overall life, our moods, our energy levels, you know, how we want to engage in our daily activity, our relationships with people and stress eating, you know, so many of the, you know, clients that I have that, you know, they are on an emotional roller coaster and they'll be the first thing to be like, when I'm stressed, that's what I reach for. And stress for a lot of people is just a lot of just not sure how to process feelings. And sometimes it means sitting in some uncomfortable shit and just letting it be, just letting it be what it is until we can start to understand and name what that stress is. Um, and, and, I, and I know that like, especially work, you know, I had a client that coworker was just horrible and we've all been in situations where we've had horrible co-workers or horrible bosses and one of the things that I had to start to do when I was living in my most stressful life is that I just had to focus in on what I could control right and I just had to compartmentalize that that person just sucked and no amount of energy that I put towards that person was going to change them you know they were just a shitty co-worker or I had a shitty boss and I had to say, this is what I can control, right? So I just had to make this sphere of like what I can control and what was out of my control. And that was one of the the first, you know, exercises that um, at the time my doctor um, uh, made me do that. And, you know, of course I was like, um, I wanted a pill, right? You know, all of us want that, that magic pill to, to do that. And it was... Um, it was my first, it was the first, you know, thing that I, that I started to like, start to really realize, like, I sat there and I said, you know, what could I control? What could I influence? And what was out of my control? And once I started doing that, it just really helped me to start to um, just pull away, right? It just started to say, you know, I was only control of my actions, my thoughts, my responses, my attitude, my enthusiasm, right? That's all I could do. And I could have some influence over, you know, my company culture, I could have some influence over my employees culture. But there are certain things that I just couldn't control. And I just had to 
just zero in on like my actions and my thoughts. And if my thoughts are always like this person sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like it was always, I'm just going to always be stuck in this like um, circle of doom. And, you know, I was sick of being in a circle of doom. I was headaches. Um, my stomach was always upset and I just wasn't sleeping. And it just was like, you know, I just had to be the person who said, I need to pull myself up. Right. I just had to pull myself up and I had to change, change my thoughts. Right? I had to be like, I control what I can control and, and just kind of like take deep breaths. Um, when it came to other people, other behaviors, the other thing I could do is that, you know what? I could leave, right? I could leave my job. Um, if I didn't like, I could move departments. So, you know, there's, you know, here's where you kind of have to start to get creative. And and then for some people like, oh, I love my job. I love the commute. So it's like, you got to look at both sides, right? It's like, how much do you love what you're doing versus how much are you tolerating? And then by there, you're building it in on that stress. So one of the easiest ways that I would do is just like find things that you love, right? So it's like, Exercise. You know, here's what I'm going to say. When I say exercise, I'm saying move your body. So when I was in a really stressful job, I used to go for a walk every day, four o'clock. That was like, boom, I would go for a walk and it got me out of my funk and just got me more into my body, got me more into nature. And it was just a change of scenery from just sitting there and just like, you know, looking over at my boss and being like, you are the most horrible person on the planet. It just got me out of, got out of the situation. Now sleep. Another thing, just declare time out, take mental health days, like take a day off and just be like, you know, what? I just need it to be all about me. Um, the other way I was able to get out of my stress was um, there's a woman, her name is um, uh, Byron Katie. And it allowed me to kind of start to break out of the, like the, 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 the spiral there. And so she had these four questions that are just, you know, really amazing. And she says, put a name on it. Right. So what is it that you're stressing out? Even if it's the person, just be like, Sarah is stressing me out. And, you know, and you, then you have to ask yourself these questions and they're only yes or no questions. So it's like, is Sarah, is Sarah was stressing me out or is it my actions to Sarah or my, my feelings about Sarah that's stressing me out? And it can be absolutely true. How do I, how do you react when you believe that thought and who would you be without that thought? And this last one is a big thing. Like, who would I be if I wasn't always concerned about my boss sucking or Sarah sucking, right? Who would I be without that thought? And focus in on being that person without that thought. And then from there, it gives you other possibilities. And for a lot of you, we don't want to think, right? We want this like immediate, like, you know, um, magic wand thing to come over us. But again, like, here's where... When it comes to stress, we have to take ownership, right? We put that name on it and we say, okay, this is what, what's bothering us. And instead of just saying, this is how it is, we need to process through the feelings and just be like, okay, even if you come to the conclusion, it's just how it is. Okay, who am I knowing this, right? Am I just holding on to resentment or am I saying, if, am I healthily saying, you know what, Sarah is how she is and I can't change it, but this is, I can control my thoughts about her. And then whenever she acts the fool or does whatever the hell she does that pisses you off, you just be like, Sarah's just being Sarah and I have no control over it, right? So that I can bless and bless and release that, okay? So start to think about, you know, this stress is hard and it is a process. And, you know, there's times that, you know, even now, even now I wake up at three o'clock in the morning thinking about stuff and like, what I could have done better, what could I do more of? I, and I get that. And, it, and it's an iterative process, but 
I also know that I can't be in this world. And as soon as I have that first kind of niggle of stress, I'm like, okay, let's name it. Let's 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 nip this in the bud before it becomes a thing. So those are like I would say like the two like biggest rocks I would put in my cylinder. The next thing I would put in my cylinder is nutrition. Right? I would put nutrition in, in my cylinder because you know, like I said, when I don't sleep, most people are looking for energy. So I'm going to reach for, you know, sugary, carby foods that are going to give me the energy because I didn't sleep. If I stress, one of the ways that we get that dopamine hit is by eating, right? So it's kind of like both of those things kind of play into our nutrition. So with, when I talk about nutrition, I'm never talking about eat less. I'm talking about eat better. And when I say eat better, I'm not saying you got to go to Whole Foods and fill your cart with hundreds of dollars of organic, free range, blah, blah, blah food. I'm saying, what can we focus in on the quality of food, right? Can we take the processed food out of our cart? Um, You know, can we shop the perimeter of our grocery store? So we're filling it up with more fruits, more vegetables, more quality proteins, whole grains, you know, those things, the the minimally processed foods we possibly can. Can we pull those things out of our diet? And when I say that, I'm not saying do that right now, do that immediately. I'm saying, can we really sit down and focus in on just one or two things, right? And I always, you know, I always challenge my clients, pick one thing that feels really good, you know, just have a conversation with client Emily and she's like, Oh, Kim, she's like, my food quality is absolutely horrible. And I was like, okay, you know, based and you know, I use data, right? I don't use drama because we all can be a little dramatic. And so I said, okay, Emily, based on what I see on your food log. And so let's just start there. Log your food for three to five days. And I know food logs absolutely suck. So I I challenge you to pick one or two things that you're just going to focus on. Focus on fruits and vegetables, focus on protein, right? So just write down three to five days, how many of those that that you had. And then I'm going to ask you, you know, if you notice that you're having not having a lot of fruits and vegetables, say you're having one to two cups of vegetables a day, I'm going to say add one more cup of vegetables, right? Just focus on, focus in on that until like you're able to easily get in that extra cup. So now you have three cups of vegetables. Great. Awesome. So now let's focus in on something else, right? So that... We just, we have zero, narrow down our focus so that we're not trying to like scatter box ourselves all over the place, you know, because people who like track their food and I, you know, I'm not saying that you have to track your food forever. You know, I have one, I, I track my food probably, you know, two or three times a year. And it's always more of a check and balance. Like if things start to feel out of sorts, what's going on, right? Data. And so that I can easily say, okay, I was thinking that something was two tablespoons, but it really was more like four tablespoons, you know, and this is especially like cooking oils or peanut butter or, you know, my handful of nuts. Were they really a handful or was it really more like two handfuls that I was able to shove into one hand, right? So this is where it just kind of helps us to say, okay, have my portions had creep, you know? And they also say that, excuse me, people who keep a food journal are twice as more, twice as rewind repeat people who keep a food log lost twice as much weight as those who did not so if you're looking to lose weight the first place i'm always gonna ask people give me a food log because 
I use data, right? You could be like, oh my God, my food is so horrible, blah, blah, blah. I will be very honest with you. 80% of the people that I work with, their food is not horrible. 90% of people could eat more fruits and vegetables and, and eat more protein. The other per- percentage of people aren't eating enough, right? They're they're under eating for all the activity that they're living. So it for cleaning up your nutrition, it all starts with, you know, we can even start with one meal. If, if for example, I could say, you know, what's the easiest meal for you to focus on? And it could be something as simple as every, every lunch you're having a salad. If you hate salad, then we're having a soup. Um, here are the five things I always say that are like our simple meals, right? Like we can always add in protein and vegetables. You have soups, you have scrambles, you have salads, you have stir fries, and you have shakes, right? So in there, in soup, I can add as many damn vegetables as I want. I can add in any protein that I want and add in any broth. Boom. I can easily add three cups of vegetables to that and add as much protein to that soup as I want. Scrambles, eggs, right? I can add the I can use the whole egg, egg whites, and add in as many vegetables as I want to that. Salads, same thing. Fill a whole damn bowl with salad and uh, salad greens and then put some protein on that. Um, stir fry, same thing. It's basically a hot salad. Let's be honest, right? Hot salad with some protein. And then lastly, shake. You know, I know many people are like, oh, I put spinach in my shake. Although I do have a girl who puts kale in her shake. I don't know how that tastes, but she does put kale in her shake. Um, but there's other vegetables that you can put in your shake. Um, I put in cauliflower in my shake. I put in um, green uh, green leaf lettuce in my in my salad. You know, cauliflower in my salad. Uh, in my salad, cauliflower in my shake. You know, so there are plenty of ways that you can add in other vegetables into your shake. Um, squash I've added into my shake. Um, so any great ways to add in other things into your shake, but it all starts with cleaning up your nutrition with one simple meal versus trying to do all the things at once. And then on that nutrition, I'm going to add in my mindset, right? I feel that there are four mindsets that many of us fall into. And here's where we have to own our mindset, right? So I've used this example before that I feel like that mindset, it's like GPS, and so if we were driving in, I use Waze and I'm sure many people use Waze. So imagine you're driving home and you know the you know exactly how to get home. And Waze says, hey, um, traffic's building up ahead. Take this exit. Right. And it's an exit you've never taken before. And you're like, oh, I've never taken this exit before. I don't know if that's going to get me you know, to my destination. And you kind of have, and so then you have like this, you know, like I said, this four mindset. So the first mindset looks at, looks at the exit and says, get off at exit 25. And you're like, what the hell's exit 25? And then you say to yourself, you know what? I know, I know how to go. Like, I'm just going to like, even if it's stuck in traffic, I I just, this is, this is how you have to do it. This is just, this is just the way. And you stick with it. Right. Then you have the second mindset who's like, oh, I don't know. Like, you you know, it, it tells you like, you know, you got three miles to go and you're like going back and forth with yourself. Do I get over? Do I stay the course? Do I don't I, I know it's I know it's coming my way if I stick with it. But what but I'm uncertain, like if I make that if I get off at exit 25, like what could I possibly run into even more traffic? And you kind of like you go back and forth if you should make that change. And then ultimately you say to yourself, you know what? I know what I get if I keep on the, the route that I'm on. Then you have the other person who is like, 
you well, you know what? I, I, I think I'm going to get off, but what if there's roadblocks? Like, could I overcome the roadblocks? Like, I've, I've, I've taken this exit before, and I know that there's, you know, a bunch of potholes, and it's just going to be a little bit, might be a little bit harder, might be a little bumpier. I don't know. Do I get off? Do, what do I do? Can I handle the roadblocks that are, that are, that is going to pop up? Because, you know, I've been down that road, route before. And then you have the last person who's like, you know what? As long as I'm moving, I'm happy. As long as I'm moving in the direction towards my goal, that's where I want to go. And so as we start to think about it, we need to start to think about how do I shift my mindset? If, if we're in that those first two mindsets where you're just like, I just go, I know it's going to suck, but I, you know, I, I got to, I got to do it this way in order to get the results, right? We have to, st- we have to see ourselves being successful, right? And being seen successful in a way that might be different than what we imagine it to be, right? Because the one thing that I always think about is, um, there's, a, I think it's a quote that says, imagine it's better than, than possible, right? Imagine it's better than possible. What if I didn't have to work so hard? What if it could feel effortless? And I truly believe that that's how it can feel. Like that's how I am right now with my nutrition is that it's just what I do. Did it take me overnight? Oh no. Did I chip away at one little piece at a time? Absolutely. I chipped away at it one more time. And so I want you to start thinking about like, what does that, how does that feel like? Like feel this in your body. And for some of you, you're like, Kim, that's a little woo. But for some of us, we're so stuck in that it has to be this certain way. It has to be hard. Like I have to go to the gym and grind it out and I must starve and my nutrition must look like this and I have to eat five meals. I say this because this was me. This, that was me. Like I had to eat this certain way or it wasn't going to work. I had to go to the gym two hours a day or why even go? And I slowly had to say like, is this, was this for me? Is this how I wanted to live my life? And I had to ask some hard-ass questions. And I'm asking you to ask yourself some hard-ass questions. And this is the mindset piece here, right? And, and, and as I kind of revisit, I put the mindset piece before exercise. I would be like, put that, that I'm sorry, before nutrition, I put that mindset piece first. And so I would go sleep, stress, mindset, and then um, I would move into self-care, right? So exercise, I'm pushing that down. I would move into self-care. So we would go sleep, stress, mindset and then i move into self-care because deprivation forces our body to overcompensate right the overcompensate for the losses so if i'm not eating enough if i'm not eating enough my body is going to be like i need more food and so i'm always going to be looking for more food and i'm always going to be pressing on that freaking willpower button you know like it's a life like saving my life it's like like it's 911 and wondering why my willpower is always giving up self-care and, you know, I've done several podcasts on self-care as well. Self-care is not like going to getting manicures and pedicures. Like, if you love that, great. Rock on with your bad self. But self-care can be just something. It's like five minutes a day. It could just be the bedtime ritual. My bedtime ritual is my self-care. It's daily self-care for me. It's how I like decompress. And my husband makes fun of me all the time. He's like, when are you starting your wind down time? Like, yes, that's my wind down time. Um, journaling. Every morning I journal. Um, you could take a bath, meditation, breath work. Um, my walks are forms of self-care. Um, coloring, you know, um, the, the things that just kind of like bring you joy. You know, I, I've shared this story before. You know, I have a friend and she's got like four or five kids and she puts herself 
in her pantry and she sits there for 10 minutes and she puts this timer outside and she says, don't talk to me for 10 minutes. And that's her, it's just quiet time. You know, I have another uh, client who she um, takes an extra lap around the block and she sings a song like that's with, that's her self care. So whatever brings you joy, like it doesn't have to be this, like, you know, thing that costs money it's like you know if it's if it's for if it's you you know sitting in your driveway for an extra five minutes before you walk into your house do it you know 10 minutes do it like whatever it's going to like bring you uh bring you that joy and then we can talk about exercise right so many of you say oh kim exercise is the only way i can manage my stress well exercise is a stressor right and and it, it's a stressor because it puts stress of the only puts stress on your nervous system, right? And if my nervous system is already in a wired state, I am just literally like throwing gas on the fire. And so I know at the end the hormones kick in. And you're like, but I feel so good after it. But I could could I change, pull down the intensity and still get that same feeling? Could that walk be the exercise versus? me going in and like crushing a workout right you know and, and and i know it feels good like your boss yelled at you or that crazy sharon uh, at the office and you just want to go to the gym and just like crush 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 so here's where I, I just say you know what on those days that like you're just having like a day maybe it's this for foam rolling you're going for a walk and it's not a power walk it's just a walk right just get lost in a podcast get lost in your thoughts um while you're while you're out there and then eventually you're gonna come home and you're gonna feel so much better you know so i always I, I challenge women especially over 40 like i'm never going to take away anyone's walks but i i will say that you need at least two to three days of strength training right two to three days of strength training because once we hit 35 eight uh just by the natural process of aging we are going to be losing three to five percent of our muscle muscle and muscle is our metabolism Right. If you see, you know, most of the time you see people in their 70s and 80s and they, they, they seem flabby. It's not fat. It's that their muscle no longer has muscle tone. And so to keep that muscle tone, you have to lift weights. And so when I say lift weights, I'm not asking you to be like, you know, a power lifter. I'm saying that you're lifting that the last few reps feel challenging but doable. And you're doing at least two to three, two to three days a week. And do you have to physically go to a gym? No, you can easily get some dumbbells and do weights workouts at home. I, you know, it's funny, long before COVID, I started working out at my house because um, we had a snow, we had a year that we got like a hundred inches of snow here in Boston. And I was sick of like either missing a workout because, you know, it was, you know, snowing that morning or shoveling my car out to shovel my car, you know, to get to the gym and then shovel my car out to get home from the gym or the gym was closing early because of snow. And I just was so sick of like, you know, uh, putting my schedule around the flipping snow. So I started working at home and I quite enjoy it, right? I just wake up, I go downstairs, I can have my coffee while I foam roll and I don't have to worry about who's on the equipment that I want. And it's been a quite a, a, quite a game changer for me. Um, and, you know, a lot of the workouts that I build for the women in my Fit Girl Magic Society are based on exercises that you can easily do at home or you can, you know, take your, your workouts with you um, to the gym. And so, you know, basically, 
I wanted to have this conversation because I want us to all, you know, realize that we, we have choices, right? And it's that if I start to prioritize the important things and making sure they come first, I'm not going to get bogged down by the little things. I'm not going to get bogged down by like how many carbs I should have. Because you notice I didn't talk about carbs, right? I didn't talk about carbs. I was like, how do you get more fruits and vegetables in your body? How do you get more protein in your body, right? That's all I talked about. And from there, you know, you know that carbs are, are a very more nuanced conversation based on what your what your goals are. But we were, but the focus here is that we want to prioritize the big rocks. So ensuring that we focus on the things that truly matter and that the small things fit in around them, right? You know, it's if I start to think about those those big things, if I say, okay, my sleep's crap, so maybe I'm going to focus in on my sleep. Or maybe, you know, you're right. I do have a Sharon at, at work. So I'm going to start to focus on her, or not her, but focus in on how my feelings towards her are so that I, you know, have that fear, sphere of control and start to think about my actions uh, that I can do that uh, that won't make me crazy. Then I think about my mindset, right? What kind of mindset do I have? Like, you know, if if there is a, you know, traffic building ahead, how do I respond uh, to that? Then I, I'm going to look at my nutrition, right? Am I, you know, am I eating as well as I can? And again, focus in on one meal, you know, take three to five days and write down what are you eating so that you can start to look at the data versus your drama. Then I go into my um, self-care, right? What am I doing that, that things that bring me joy? Do I even know what brings me joy? Figure that out, right? What brings me joy? And then I can talk about my exercise, right? And so that, you know, making sure I'm getting in at least two to three days of strength training. And did you notice I never said how long, right? You know, I always say something's better than nothing. Sometimes you just have to start. And even if that starts 15 minutes, great, rock on with your bad self. Because, you know, my hope is that after 15 minutes, you're like, you know, I feel really good. And maybe we can start to expand on that time. You know, I used to be one of those people who like, if I didn't get my 90 minutes in, like it was just shit. No, it's not shit. It's like now my workouts max 45 minutes or an hour. And I'm, I'm my focus is in and out. No messing about. All right, ladies, I would love to hear how this has been landing with you. You know, if you, we talked about the six areas of focus, you're, you're, where would you need to focus? What is the easiest thing for you to focus on and then what is the hardest thing for you to focus on all right magic makers enjoy the rest of your day thank you for listening to the fit girl magic podcast if you've made it this far yay i'm thinking you enjoyed the show let's continue the conversation on instagram you can find me at kim jefferson coach In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.